And APB, American Protection Bureau, voted number one best on Long Island for all your security needs. Call 631-390-9050. That's 631-390-9050. APB. You need a body shop? You need engine repair? Auto Excellence. Collision Specialist. 631 631- Two six one six four two zero. That's six three one two six one six four two zero. Auto Excellence. Jimmy, I gotta take a dump. What? No. I mean, I need a dumpster. <sighs> well, for all those needs, you need to call Big V Dumpster Rental, Long Island, New York, six three one nine hundred dump. Elm Logistics, for all your logistic needs, call 631-299-3595. That's 631-299-3595. Elm Global Logistics, pride, performance, and partnerships. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of The 30. Every Thursday, I ask a panel of four wrestling experts questions as they compete for points, and the one with the most points at the end of the day is crowned The 30 World Champion. I'm ESO, and let's get this started. Nice. Look at that. Whoa. All right. Well, let's bring in, first of all, the man from Circleville. How's it going down there, Joe? Joe, what a day, Lowry. <laughs> Circleville. I have no idea where Circleville is. Centerville. It's <laughs> like Summerfest. I do believe I live in Centerville, Iowa, not Circleville, but it might as well be a circle right now because we're under a blizzard warning. So. I'm coming to you live from Blizzard Central. What a day, guys. So next, we're going to bring in the man with all the player mates, the player, Benny Scala. (laughs) Great out of player, though. Look out for number one, but don't step in number two. Nice, (laughs) nice. Then we have, of course, man who needs no introduction, the president of Thursday nights, Mr. President himself, Phil DeCessere. To quote a late great friend of mine, wrestling fans around the corner and around the world. Let's get ready to rumble. All right. And now a man that needs no introduction. He is a defending the 30 world champion, the one, the only Dan Sebastiano. What's going on down there, Dan? Hey, you know, very simple. You guys are going to have to acknowledge me. You might as well just change the color of the, my name graphics to the title because I'm about to set a br- record-breaking, lengthy title reign. So, lengthy. Hey, F- Phil, how long did lengthy. you hold the title for? What was that for me? Yeah, Phil. Didn't you? Have- three, I think three weeks. Three weeks. Uh, well, I also had a, hol- a holiday interlude there, so I think it was three weeks. So, yeah, man. Didn't, some- didn't somebody inherit the title when I came on? Somebody inherited the title. Yeah, my my the first time I uh I had to vacate the title, I oh, won yeah. it, and then Benny tricked me into not being on the next episode, <laughs> so I couldn't tell. Uh, oh. oh my god, yeah, I was I was framed. That's all Janetti's gotten going through that glass has got nothing on the number of times Benny stabbed me in the back. That's got shades of Valentine Backlund, November of eighty one on written all over it. So I don't know. <laughs> Dan, you're precocious and ferocious, man. You may be the youngest one, but brother, wow, you're bringing it. So, and Circle Rose atrocious, right? <laughs> hey, everybody knows we got a lively chat tonight, so you got to make sure we uh, recognize our fans out. Better acknowledge them. Yeah, I better, I'm going to look tune in here. Yeah. Yeah. Jay Wills at the house. Joe Myers, we got going on here. Oh, uh, our friend Jay. Hey, love him. Yeah. Jay, well, yeah. Matt Holland, he's in there. They're all yapping away, loving the show. Thanks, cousin Matthew. Yeah, there we go. Good stuff, good stuff. Well, guys, let's get this thing started. You guys know the rules. Foreign objects are allowed. Bonus points will be rewarded at my discretion for funny and amusing comments and uh, any cash wired to my bank account. So just keep that in mind. (laughs) There you go. 
You get Venmo? I, I, gotta, I gotta do Venmo. You do it right now, yeah. So let's. I can do threats of bodily injury, bro. So that's about it. Bodily injury. Okay. So, all right. Well, let's let's get get this started. Um, so during interview an interview on Signed by Superstars, Matt Riddle claims he was initially supposed to win the 2022 Royal Rumble, but after Brock Lesnar had lost his title earlier in the night to Bobby Lashley, Brock used his creative influence to uh, to enter and win the Rumble itself. Dave Metzler, as well as WWE officials, dispute this. What do you think about this? Is Matt telling the truth? How could this have changed the landscape of the WWE and the title picture for this that year? So, first person on the 30 tonight is going to be the player, Benny. So, Benny, you are on the 30. Oh, hang on one second. Where's my timer? (laughs) There it is. I see it. it. Yep, I see the time. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. There it is. And (laughs) Benny, and you are on the 30. Go. You know, when I think of Matt Riddle, I think of Jeff Spicoli from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I believe at the end they had a graphic where I think he he uh, earned $50,000 in reward money because he saved Brooke Shields from drowning. But then he blew it all uh, hiring Van Halen to play his birthday party. And that, nice. when I think of him, I think of Matt Riddle. What an idiot. He's so delusional. You know, he believes his own bullshit. I, I mean, he, do you know when Matt Riddle is not lying is when his mouth is closed. So, I mean, I, I discount anything. I, I do. I did like the guy for a while. I liked uh, RK bro. I mean, he, he was entertaining to a point. He was talented. I mean, I never took him seriously though. Um, as, as any kind of, you know, I mean, yeah, he could win the U S title, maybe even the IC title or a tag title, but I never took him to be a main event player. And he's just, I mean, he's continued to make a fool out of himself in the news. And he, he doesn't strike me as being a very good human being. Um, so I, I, and I don't even know where he is now. So I, I thought I heard all Japan. Um, maybe one of the other contestants can, you know, set me straight on that, but just not a, not a Matt Riddle fan. Um, and, you know, I mean, don't wish the guy harm, but he just never did it for me. It just, you know, kind of, like I said, he reminded me of Jeff Spicoli, but I like Jeff Spicoli a whole lot better. Nice. Nice. Nice job, Vinny. Nice job I, there. I wonder what I wonder who uh, Van Halen played. You know, for Spagoli, they never showed Van Halen. That would have been a great cameo, I think. Oh, that would have been perfect. You know, I mean, that great been movie. Really nice. I mean, just to see him uh, do something, or even Brooke Shields. You know, my hey, favorite, yeah. my favorite character in that movie was Damone, though. I love. Oh yeah, Vic Damone. His, his five point plan. We gotta, yeah. All right. Wherever you are, Benny, that's the nice, place nice to job. Be. It looks like you came out uh, <laughs> you know, with, with a modest 10 points on that. Not the modest 10 points. Modest. <laughs> nice. Modest. Yeah. So, oh, next up on the 30, we are going to have uh, what a day, Joe. What a day, Joe Lowry. Day. You are on the Uh-oh. 30 and go. Well, you know, bro, I just don't know. Bro. Matt Riddle, you know, he, you know, he's uh, left the WWE. You know, he's one of those guys that. To me, I saw him in NXT 2017 at the Lowell Auditorium. He put on a great show. I thought he had he has a lot of potential and so forth. Obviously, we know he has some um, past problems in the locker room and all that. I guess at this point, when you're let go from the WWE, you can make up stories like this or you can embellish stories like this. I mean, there's another one out there claiming that he was supposed to win the Royal Rumble as well, and that went to Austin Theory. So you, you just don't know what's true and what's fabricated and all that stuff. And we may never know because half the staff in WDB, the producers may or may not even be there anymore and so forth. He seemed okay with it, even though he had a name drop, Brock Lesnar. You know, if you want to look at the actual story and so forth, does it have Vince McMahon written all over it? I mean, Vince McMahon pretty much controls everything that goes through there. So to have Brock Lesnar lose the title, which obviously Vince McMahon planned, and for Brock Lesnar to come in and say, hey, screw this, I'm winning the Rumble now. Sounds like a great story, but, you know, RK Bro, he may not know. Um, I just, there's no way to prove this. It's a great story. It's a great headline. Amazing to see all this stuff. As for wrestling, he says he's not going to AEW right away. He wants the indies. He does not like TV wrestling. He says it's too long. you got um, commercial breaks and so forth. But, hey, RK Bro, we don't know, man. We don't know. Way, Way to go. 
That was a, a good round there. Hey, listen, it looks like you came out on top. You're, you're in the lead right now with 12 points. Way to go. Way to go. Did I get a couple of field goals or two safeties? I can't figure that score out. You, you got bonus points for calling money in the bank the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. Money in the bank. I'm sorry. I'm Thanks. losing my mind. I'm losing my mind. The next up on the 30 will be the champ himself, Dan Sebastiano. Dan, you champ are on is the here. 30. Well, Let's get ready very, to rub over. It's very simple. Riddle clearly went to the Hulk Hogan school of storytelling. This is, uh, I was there when Brody got, Bruiser Brody was killed. I was sat next to Kerry Von Erich on a plane. No, there's there's no way. Looking at where his character was at the time, him winning the Rumble wouldn't have made any sense. And it wouldn't even have met, worked as a swerve because you have to remember, Brock Lesnar won the Rumble and then used his Rumble win to force his way into the Elimination Chamber match where he won the WWE title. And the main event night two at WrestleMania was the title unification. Lesnar against Reigns. Winner gets both. This is why Reigns had both belts. There, that would storyline would not have worked with Riddle as the unified champion. It had to be finally Heyman and his guy beating Brock Lesnar. That that's long term storytelling at its finest. And given the other issues that Riddle was having, no, absolutely no way did was he scheduled to win the Rumble. And and even if he was, do you really think that the night the night of the Rumble? Brock Lesnar, with 10 minutes before they go out there, says, hey, Vince, I'm winning this today. Yeah, all right, whatever you say, Brock. No, that's it's BS. It's crap. Not only does it sound like a fake story and Riddle have a long history of lying, but it wouldn't have made sense to the storylines they were building up. And it's not like Brock Lesnar just showed up poof out of the blue. He's the champion going into that, had the feud with Lashley, loses the title, and then comes out smelling like roses because he wins the rumble he wins the title he goes on to make nice job dan nice job i think dan had like four minutes there can you yeah, do a yeah, yeah i wonder uh, rebuttal is it that was that me or like you know i was typing an autobiography myself i just don't know what the hell that was all about but he, i, I did use an hourglass and the sand was mushy <laughs> i did hear the word poof and that's like the second time today i've heard that word believe it or not i got an email today and somebody said poof in the email so that's that's twice today. That's very. I'm rare. gonna invoke Marjorie Cornette. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, last but not Whoa, least. Whoa! Look at that. He missed the extra point. <laughs> Thirteen. What's up with that? Ooh, last but not least in this round, we have Phil. Phil DeCesare. Phil, you are on the thirty. Go. Hey, diddle diddle! Your kitty's in the middle. Swing it like you just don't care. <laughs> I don't believe that Mr. Riddle has much care for the truth. And uh, to quote an Aerosmith song anyway, to bring it a little more local. And And we know Mr. Riddle has an affinity for 420, the time in the afternoon, maybe the time in the morning, and maybe all hours in between. We know that there's a lot of high-test stuff out there right now. And we know that that does contribute to quite a vivid imagination, you know. And yeah, Mr. Riddle has a little bit of a history, particularly with challenging people within the business who have an MMA background, okay? I mean, he's done that to Goldberg before, and of course, he's been uh, mentioning him again lately, but also uh, in the case with uh, Brock Lesnar. You know, and I, and I think he fashions himself quite a shooter and a fighter in his own right. And, you know, I do think that if he were actually slated to win the event and Lesnar tried to go into business for himself, he might see it as an opportunity to try to uh, shine and step up. And, you know, I think we all know what would happen if, if he did do that. But, yeah, I agree. Of course not. You know, nothing happens without Vince's final word. And uh, no matter what kind of creative control Brock might might have, um, it's certainly not going to surface in the in the middle of an event. So we'll chalk it up to a very vivid imagination, a little, you know, maybe smoking out of the blue meanie a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know. Again, uh, he's creative. Nice job, Phil. A blue meanie reference. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That deserves an easy addict. You know, if something like that happened in AEW, you'd probably believe it. You know what I mean? That sounds like yeah. something that would happen in AEW. Well, you know, with, with as much access as people have to backstage there's no way that story wouldn't have come out in over the last right. year and a half exactly, exactly. before now they somebody would have been like vince was tore up the script yeah 
Bro, it happened, bro. Bro. <laughs> nice. You got to love it. Hey, the chat's pretty lively today. I got a lot of people in there. Beth Hopper's in the house. Welcome, Beth. Playmate. Yeah, there you go. She chimed in last night on the What a Day in Centerville show. That was nice to see them. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, that was awesome. That was good stuff there. Yeah, we. I, I've noticed any show Benny's on seems to have a, a, a pretty consistent female contingent. Got the Playmates. That's where I'm the player. Yep, he's a hot item. Hot commodity there. Got to get Betty on the show. Ooh, Jay, well, with the Fred Dreyer uh, reference. Yeah, I saw right? that. Fred yeah, he was Hunter. a San Diego Charger. That was a good name. show, Hunter. Was, Hunter. Hunter is a great show. I never yes, watched it until now. It's on Fubo, and I'm, I'm addicted to it now. I never watched it in the 80s. No, oh, it's awesome. Watched watched it. Very, very good show. God. Yeah. He was yeah. a Charger, a San Diego Charger, yeah. I think. He's a big boy. He was a Ram, too. Yeah, a Ram, okay. Maybe he was a Ram. Yeah, he's yeah. about six foot six in his prime, I think. Too bad he couldn't join that battle royal WrestleMania too, or uh, with all the football players. That would have been a good sight. He, he was big enough. I mean, he was a big guy. Yeah, he he absolutely was. What was this saying? Does anyone remember? Ooh, I just remember the cameo on Cheers. He did. He was a sportscaster. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he's gonna have you Sam, and then all of a sudden John McEnroe was available, and he bolted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a great was, show. Let's, oh, Bruce let's is get, back. Yeah, let's oh. get moving. Well, hey, I just was listening to the conversation. We're having a good one there. But uh, <laughs> hey, let's get back on to this. And uh, this question is a little bit of a layover from last week. So all signs are uh -oh. leading to AEW having either signed or is soon to be signing Mercedes Monet to a contract after negotiations, negotiations with the WWE uh, not leading anywhere and her wanting way more than WWE thought she was worth. Do you think this was a mistake by WWE? Is this a win for AEW? Is Monet really that relevant? And uh, on the th first on the 30 this round is Mr. President. Bill, you are on the 30 and go. Great question. Yeah, I considered that. I, I knew ultimately she was going to go uh, to AEW, or so were the whisperings in the wind. Um, is this this is going to be a win for both, okay? Because as of now, even with the loss of Charlotte Flair right now down with injury, WWE is pretty stocked with with women and with incredibly um, athletic, attractive, unbelievable women. Um, so I don't think they can really add someone else to their roster right now. I think uh, the return of Nikita Lyons, whom I personally have a quite a an affinity for what a great talent in the ring too um with uh jade cargill waiting in the wings and with um former nwa um women's uh extraordinaire um champion uh waiting in the wings as well i don't know if she's signed officially but camille is is yeah. probably going to jump on board too i think they're pretty stocked with talent okay I think AEW can certainly look to expand and um, particularly with um, wrestlers in the mold of, of, um, of Miss Monet. I think she brings something to, uh, I think to the organization, given her history, I think, uh, I think she's probably worth the price right now. You know, she was boss material once upon a time, uh, as Michael Cole would incessantly say, Oh, well, it's boss. Time. I'm, I'm, Glad we won't hear that anymore. <laughs> anyway, so I think she's going to be a good fit with AEW. I think it's great because I, quite frankly, I think WWE overtime. He's getting overtime. He's getting overtime. Sorry. I can listen to you all day. Honestly, I don't mind. Phil is short for filibuster. Filibuster. Filibuster and Philharmonic. There you go. Oh, look at that score. Whoa, my God, that's a few touchdowns and a field goal. Looks like. Um, Always consistent. Twelve safeties. Always consistent there. Bruce was talking about how hard it is to score points on him last week, so he's got to uh, got to bump it up now. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Everybody's giving good answers so far. So let's yeah. see, Benny, you are next on the thirty. Ready and go. Yeah, I uh, I'm going to probably go against the grain. I have no use for that eggnog bitch. And oh. <laughs> You know, when you drink eggnog and you have that phlegm in your throat, that's what she sounds like. She annoys the living shit out of me. I think she is the most overrated talent. And I don't even I don't even want to use the word talent because I don't think she has much. I mean, she's attractive, maybe if you know, I mean, or, if you know, if you like skanks, I guess she's attractive. But oh, Jesus. I think I mean, honestly, WWE doesn't need her. 
they are like like Bill said, they are stocked with talent. You got you got Camille coming in. You got Camille. You got Jake Cargill in the wings. You got you got Oscar. You got Charlotte. You got Becky Lynch. You got Rhea Ripley, who's like on fire and has been on fire for a long time. What do they need her for? She would just you know, she'd be caught in a logjam, and she's just she's known for either being injured or injuring someone. So. You know, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. Yeah, let let Tony Khan hire her, and uh, so what? I think he's going to pay her what five million a year. So next year, instead of losing uh, thirty four million, so now lose thirty nine million because she's not going to bring anything to the bottom line. Um, I just, as you can see, I'm not a fan of the lady. Lady, I don't know if she's a lady or not, but uh, <laughs> but um, no, I I just I'm so glad. I do not want to see her in a WWE ring ever again. Or as Chris Jericho would say, again. Great, great job, great Game. job, Benny. I, uh, you've got a lot of points that I agree on there, and uh, had me giggling a little bit, so I had to had to give you a couple extra points in there. All and right. it looks like oh, you, look you worked your way Ooh, back up to a that. tie for first. Oh, right all right, all right, look at that. Hey, Mercedes, uh, player Mercedes Monet gives you a call. You going to take it, or are you just no. going to say now nah, you're all set? I'm all, I'm all stocked up with players. I got all the players. Ah, okay. I need. Play all right, I need right. Hey, Bruce, I got a question for you. Who's tallying the scores? I have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea? Are they computer generated? Yeah, the, the, uh, yeah no, it's, my, it, it's all based on, on, on my opinion here. Chat, Chad, G, G, Mark, and Mitchell? Or it's, it's, like, it's, it's like deal or no deal. You can't see the banker. He's the one that's uh, making all the decisions here. <laughs> so it's like, can I talk to the banker, please? I got to do something. Uh, I right, deserve well, a spike. <laughs> well, no you, while, you're, while you're talking there, Joe, you might as well keep it up and because uh, you're oh, on the geez. 30. Go. All right. Well, Mercedes Monet, the bottom line is what can she bring to AEW or WWE or TNA or whatever and all that stuff? AEW, if they sign her, I, I don't know what she's going to do. That roster is absolutely stacked right now. I don't know if you saw Dynamite last night, but that match with Sky Blue and Statlander and all them, that was unbelievable. Thunder Rosa. Where does she fit in? She cannot fit in uh, with WWE. Jade Cargill is on the horizon. That's going to be the next big thing to come in here. I don't see where she fits in. I think at this point, both WWE and AEW missed out on that shock and awe factor and that surprise because you had CM Punk come back, then you had Randy Orton come back, and then, of course, you had the Rock appearance and so forth, which, by the way, based on his Instagram today, it looks like he's coming back to WWE and doing more than just the Rumble. But Mercedes Monet, what does she bring? She brings her name. That's about it. Right now, I don't see her where she fits in with AEW. If she goes there, she's going to get lost in the shuffle. I, You know, at this point, I think the best way to introduce Mercedes Monet, seriously, is to have a backstage vignette where they're all talking and all that stuff, whether it's AEW, WWE, have all the girls talking in the locker room, you know, talking about this and that, and then all of a sudden, she just walks in. That's it. The door opens, she walks in, and she's welcomed back like that. I can't see the big grandstand re-entry for Mercedes Monet because right now I don't think there's that a place for fine. either promotion. Nice job, Joe. Right. You got uh, you got bonus points got there for uh, for Ooh. the uh, Sky Blue reference, but uh, talking ah, about the Sky Rock Blue. and bringing up the, the the other parts of the Rumble, I think hurt you for a few seconds there. Let's see how you ended up. Uh, 23, uh, 23. Uh, oh, so, so. Where's the bonus points? What's up with that? <laughs> well, you lucky wants a hundred points for Joe. If I mentioned sky blue, <laughs> at least two points for the tape. Um, that should get him something, right? Have you guys watched hmm. sky blue wrestle at all yet? Have you guys seen her? Yeah. She's a oh, good yeah. worker. Yeah. She, she, I like her. She's I, I have a gut, she you know, call, call me old fashioned, but I have a gut feeling Joe that you were, uh, your like of Sky Blue's talent is about the same as the president's like of Nikita for similar reasons. <laughs> what, are, you you about, second, yeah. are you talking about Nikita Lyons from yes. NXT? <laughs> no. Well, Dan, while, while you're Blue, talking there, why don't you just keep it keep it on going and you are on uh, the 30. Absolutely. I am going to agree with Benny, except I'm going to be much more civil and polite about it. No, she's not going to bring anything uh, to AEW. She's not going to move the needle. I mean, you have to look at just look at the history. WWE is doing some of the best numbers they've done in years. And their women's women's division is being complimented and portrayed and enjoyed in ways it wasn't when she was a part of it. I'm not saying that you know, maybe like a Shotzi or somebody like that is better than Mercedes Monet. But the fact is she left 
walked out of the company, didn't, you know, didn't want to do the job, boo-boo job phase, walk out of the company, and the company got better after she left, plain and simple. AEW's women's division is hurting. Uh, they've got some good talent. They've got some really bad talent, too. But uh, And as for the women's match that you mentioned, Joe, uh, let's not forget the big eight-person eight suplex spot where Julia Hart lined up on the wrong side and had to be nudged over by one of her opponents that you're suplexing the wrong person, which I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> but no, to answer your question, she's not Mercedes Benet's not going to move a needle. She's not worth $5 million a year. They don't have anybody on that roster other than maybe a CM Punk that was selling all the merch that would be worth that kind of money. If, if WWE wanted her, they would have her. If they wanted to, if they thought she was worth the money, she would get it. They don't. They know better than AEW does. Plain and simple, even if she shows up tomorrow and becomes the biggest focused star on the roster, not going to move the needle an inch. How many more people are going to watch Dynamite because All Mercedes right, Monet has time. a match zero? That's time, Dan. Nice job. Nice job there. He, the champ took it back. The champ is in the lead after the third or the second round there. The only needle that she might move is Tony Khan's needle dick. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> The needle that Tony Khan was snorting something with before he went on that Twitter tirade the other day. The Twitter tirade. Oh my God, I remember that. That what's with the Jinder Mahal thing? You know what? In all fairness, everybody says Tony Khan cannot build stars. Tony Khan made Jinder Mahal the biggest star in wrestling in less than a few minutes. Oh, yeah. That's impressive. (laughs) Well, it goes back to what MJF said back in May of 2023 and 22, calling him an effing mark. I, I swear to God. He's more of a fan than an owner. Well, you because- really, he literally went on Twitter and was crying yeah, to his fans like, yeah. because yeah. because people looked at Jinder Mahal, a former WWE champion who yeah. can cut a great promo, who's jacked, who looks hey, like a million dollars. He's oh, he's, he, they're taking him as more of a serious main event threat was- than this skinny little kid who's mid-card at best and has no personality. Did you watch AEW last night? They, I, I think they did a uh, spoof on that because Hook – is getting a title yeah, shot against Samoa Joe, and it's week, like, they confirmed it. What's up with that? Like, yeah, I mean, it's where's the story? You know, it's ridiculous. Mm. It's, it's too bad. And Mercedes Monet and Sasha Banks were at a movie premiere last night. Uh, for I think the movie's called Self Reliance. But the thing there, Mercedes Monet, she keeps trolling WWE. Like, she was with okay, Bailey, was it with yeah. Bailey? Yeah, yeah, she was with uh, Bailey last night. Yep, yeah, yeah, so, so, they're, so they're hanging out. It's like, it. you know, just I don't know, social media. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So listen, so Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic has been announced and uh, tag team re- race wrestling in general has changed since the uh, the 70s and 80s. Uh, you know, those golden age when you had you had teams that could actually main event buildings. It wasn't wasn't unusual to have a, a tag team roster, six or eight teams deep, you know, Demolition, the Heart Foundation, British Bulldogs, the Dream Team, Sudden Bundy, Natural Disaster, Strike Force. The list goes goes on and on. Um, even when you get into the NWA, the Fantastics, the Rock and Roll Express, the uh, the uh, the Freebirds, Road Warriors. Well, how do you feel about this? Uh, the current level of tag team wrestling? It's really only been they, they talk about it in the NXT, but not really on the main roster as much. And uh, yeah, how do you feel about this current level of, of tag team wrestling? And where would you like to see tag team wrestling in the future? And uh, let's see. First, we've we've got. What a day, Joe. You are on the 30. And uh, get wow. this ready and go. Tag team wrestling. Well, let me tell you a quick story. When I first became a wrestling fan, the very first match that I watched was Tony Guerrero and Rick Martel versus the Fabulous Moondogs. So my yep. first wrestling match that I saw wasn't one-on-one. It was with those four, and it was unbelievable. Yeah, tag team wrestling. I'll tell you, though, when AEW first started out, they, they were all tag teams, and they put on some classic matches. But the thing about tag team wrestling, it, the rules have changed. Vince has changed the rules. The five-second rule, you know, you can double team and all that stuff. Really now, I don't know. Tag team wrestling, you bring back the Dusty Rhodes classic. I think that's purely just for a name and the history and the nostalgia of it, which is great. But tag team wrestling means you have to have a partner that you have chemistry with, somebody that you could sell. Uh, pretty deadly. I know they're new and upcoming. They seem to have that chemistry. That's a pretty good tag team. Um, one thing I do like is P. Dunn, Butch, that they call him, with Tyler Bate. They're together now. They have super chemistry. Going back to the NXT UK days, 
I mean, when I first saw Pete Dunn wrestle and them two, I, they had beautiful chemistry. Now they put them together and, you know, bang, Tyler Bate is now on SmackDown. So I take team wrestling. Obviously, it's changed. The rules have changed. The generations have changed. I mean, you have these tag team turmoil matches. Now, you might as well just put everybody in the ring at the same time and forget about tagging because it's just a storyline now. It's just something to either push it up, push somebody over, all that stuff. All take right. Rick Flair, you know, he's coming back. It's going to be a tag team match. It's like, it's sad, but tag team wrestling is not what it used to be. Nice job. Nice job, Joe. And you are back in the lead with 37. Ooh. Nice round. Here we go. 3-7, three, 3-7. Seven, three, seven. Tony Garea, Rick Martel, great tag team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I love that. One of my first yeah, favorite great. Great. tag teams. Why is Tony Garea not in the Hall of Fame? Or Rick Martel. That is my big right. I believe right. we got Tony Garea coming up on uh, on Money in the Pharaoh channel sometime. Yeah, it's in May. He's coming up in May. I'm trying to get him on my show before then because I, I need to know. I need well, to know I mean, why. Don't, don't forget, they, they were going to put, they were going to ask Rick Martel, but they just, the ballot got too full with Coco Beware and Kid Rock. So. <laughs> Unbelievable. No room for the model. All right, Dan, it looks like you are up on the 30 and go. Okay, tag team wrestling today is not what it used to be. There are some teams out there that can absolutely go. I would argue that this last year, 2023, match of the year was the two out of three falls match between Juice Robinson, Jay White against FTR. And the year before, match of the year was the, the, the chain match between FTR and the Briscoes. I mean, I would say tag team wrestling at its best can be great. But the problem is, is that it gets pushed kind of to the side. Sometimes tag team titles become props or they don't do tag teams. You mentioned at the beginning of this question, the Dusty Rhodes Classic. Four of the first five winners of the Dusty Rhodes Classic weren't tag teams. They were two stars thrown together for a storyline. So, you know, the, the with the Authors of Pain being the only exception there. But you think back to, you talked about like the Survivor Series, uh, you know, some of these matches. I mean, remember the 10 on 10 match when you had the Killer Bees and the Authors of Pain and the Heart Foundation? And uh, Fun fact for everybody, 1988 Heart Foundation and the Rockers on the same Survivor Series team. Only time in WWF history that Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels tagged together. But the uh, you, you had uh, 20 teams in the ring and 12 or 13 of them could have been champions and nobody would have complained. Tag team wrestling is not what it used to be. But when you look, the best feud of my childhood, or I should say my youth, was the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. They sold out arenas. That was the highest drawing feud for years. Tag team wrestling at its best is the best wrestling you can have, period. Nice job, Dan. Nice, nice. job. Nice. There you go. See where he ended up, Dan. Nice job. And you got yeah. extra points from Monty in the chat room whoa, for the cat. Whoa, whoa. Bam. Look at that. <laughs> Unbelievable. We got some high scores again. So you have Mike, Mike's out there. <laughs> you can thank Mike oh Monty God. for that one. <laughs> yeah, I got to ask you, hey, um, Dan, you like Tiger King? Because you got some lions uh, behind you, like running around and all that stuff and going up around your chair. We've got uh, We've got seven cats in the house, so. They they yeah. love being on camera. They they like Carol freaking Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> the Asiatic Spike reference. All right. <laughs> Monty, although, Monty loves the cat though. Although cat. anybody anybody that sees the price of pet food, to quote uh, the other side of Tiger King, I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> All right, we've got one more person in this round, and it is Mr. President himself. Bill, you are on the thirty. Go. Yeah, what a question. We talk about growing up, and I grew up in the era of tag teams, certainly in the 80s. And we, I think we still, I think that was the dominant era. And it was dominated not only by huge muscle guys, like, of course, the Road Warriors being probably the top of the list. And we had Steiners, okay? We had brothers. And if they weren't related, they were really close. And it was a different, obviously, the, the game was different back then. You know, people aren't, teams aren't wrestling once a week or twice a week. They're on the road seven days. And in those seven days, they really got to perfect things. And, uh, you know, no one was calling spots. Everything was smooth. Everything was automatic, you know. And ultimately, everything was realistic, too. And I think it's kind of ironic now. Today, um, there seem to be more injuries than before. Um, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with the style. Whereas uh, back then, things looked real and, and, and people didn't get hurt. And today things don't look real and people are getting hurt left and right. So that's what I wanted to say, first of all. Um, 
they're not many memorable teams right now, and teams don't really tend to last terribly long. You guys mentioned Authors of Pain. I think it was great to see Paul Ellering back, particularly. Yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. You know, yeah. talk about a, a manager extraordinaire of teams and factions and just incredible. Um, Imperium, another great team I like today, too, particularly Kaiser. Boy, what body language. Oh, that yeah. guy is so hateable, so good, you know, so he's great. Um, you know, uh, FTR, I have to give them props. Incredible, incredible. That they've been time. they've been really involved in some five-star matches. So FTR still big on the list, too. Um, I, of course, Usos. How can we not forget one of the best teams around? And again, I think uh, they really elevated tag team wrestling in the modern era. And uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, another great twosome, particularly Sami, just incredible in the ring, very innovative. Uh, so, you know, it is a different, it is a different time, um, but it's not a memorable time. Well, we, you know, we there are a few teams. Yeah, just going, I'm going. It's all right. It's still, oh, score's already up there. <laughs> we know where, we already know where he stands. <laughs> That's the oh, right here. Oh, the points for you, Sky Blue. Monty, that one's I, for I you, will, baby. We'll absolutely, I'm the last person to, to objectify anybody. But I don't know why. Maybe it's it's the worst coincidence ever. But AEW's camera work when Sky Blue wrestles. Oh yeah, I want to know who's in that cameraman's ear because he catches every detail yeah. and angle. On there's no way that's not on purpose. You know, he, and, catches, and it's, he catches every detail during Sky Blue matches, but during the other matches, they're out of whack. It was some yeah. great moves last night at AEW, and they had the worst angles imaginable. They must call in Jackie Crockett you know, for that camera work. Do you know when they record in Daly's place, they intentionally off center the hard camera because they want that they want it to look more like a video game, like oh, the old geez. the old uh, SmackDown like '90s video games. That's oh, why sure. it's kind of off center at an angle. It gets yeah. like a fake look. It and does that, have that. That sting. That sting uh, spot was horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. Hey, listen, we don't we don't want Benny to that. forget what the question was. So let, let's give him oh, yeah, that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. Is Bob Backlund the greatest champion ever? <laughs> right. So, Benny, you are on the 30. Go. Yeah, you know, one of the things uh, I lament as far as wrestling's past, and we've had George Shire, who's a great wrestling historian, and we've, we've, you know, we went over a list of things that existed in the past that don't really exist in the present. And one of the top things that we both agreed on, and Dan did too, was that the the – not only, I mean, of course they have, have tag teams now, but the importance of tag teams. Back in the day, tag teams were important. There were many, many cards in Mid-Atlantic, in the AWA. Even when Bruno would go to uh, Japan uh, and he wouldn't defend his title, they would have a tag team match as the main event. I mean, how many, I mean, how many times did we watch TV on Saturday morning because we knew that there might be a, a change in the tag team title? You know, the, you know, the, the, the uh, uh, the Samoans, the Executioners, the Lumberjacks, I mean, you name them, Parisian Sardan, the Blackjacks. I mean, we saw so many title changes on Saturday morning, and it meant a lot to us. The tag teams were very important. It's not that they don't have great tag teams out there now. They do. I don't think from both the fans' perspective, as well as, you know, as you know, Vince McMahon or Tony Khan, I don't think it's as, it's as meaningful anymore. It's a shame because... It was one of the great things about wrestling. You yeah. you could take two great wrestlers. I mean, look at uh, uh, Harley Race and Larry Henning, one of the greatest tag teams of all time, or uh, Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens, another two of the all time oh, yeah. greats, and made one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And I, I think that's it's just sorely missing. Yeah. Don't forget Chris and John Tolos. <laughs> yeah, no John Tolos. Wow. Okay. What they were a great tag team. They don't use the tag rope as much anymore. You don't see that anymore. Right. You know, Australian rules. Tag Australian team. rules. I like, and the yeah. announcers, the ring announcers used to say that. Australian, Australian rules. Tag tag team. Yeah. What's that mean? Well, he gets to hold on to the rope. You know, I'll tell you, that's that's my biggest my biggest criticism of AEW because Tony Khan loves his tag matches. Yeah. But how many times you see on AEW when they do a tag match and the guys will come in oh, yeah. and be in the ring for like two minutes before they go back to their corner. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, it's guys. Well, going into the first elimination round, it looks like the champ is in the lead, but it's a, it's definitely a close race. This is anybody's game. Um, my Venmo account I is still waiting. The counter got stuck on my, uh, my answer there, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> so, there all go. right, guys. Let's see. 
it looks like it looks like Vice's Dark Side of the Ring has been picked up for its fifth season. <clears throat> Mike Johnson of PWI Insider reports Vice City has renewed Dark Side of the Ring for its fifth season. The current plan is for it to debut this March. No topics have been announced yet. The show has been both praised and criticized. What do you guys think of the show? Are you happy to see it come back? And what topics do you hope or think we will see this season? And on the 30 is the champ. The champ. Let's see what you got in this round. You are on the 30. If it's true that it's been picked back up, then I'm super excited because I absolutely love Dark Side of the Ring. It has done wonders, not just for telling stories that need to be told, but I have friends that aren't wrestling fans that watch the show and love it. And you hear people talking about wrestling, going back and watching old clips because, oh, I remember when that was everywhere and they want to tell the stories. And obviously with the popularity of the Iron Claw, people have gone back to watch the Von Erich episode. And it's great stuff. The, the Tales from the Territory spinoff was also great. But no, I, I'm excited if it is coming back. As for topics, there are so many you can still touch on. I think just topically today, you could do Vince McMahon. I don't know if they jump right into the whole NDA scandal. Uh, you could do the end the end of the WCW era, the way they kind of touched on the final pay-per-view with, with Hogan. Um, <laughs> Benny loved to talk about Riddle and his time in the airport. That could be an entire episode to itself. Uh, there's so many territory stories that haven't been told. Very, you know, various stars, uh, everybody from Bruno to Danucci that, that could that could get their own, maybe not dark and gritty, but just behind the scenes stuff. The the road warriors, there's a lot of you know, and, and their feud, you could do the Midnight Express, you could do the what you know, the, the end of the run, some of the paychecks bouncing, the transition from Crockett to WCW when people weren't getting paid and fired. There's so much they could do. But personally, really, what the, the story they have to touch on is the formation of Dan and Benny in the ring, because that that's probably the best wrestling story out there right now. And make sure it gets broadcast in Tibet, the lower, the lower region. Nice job, champ. Nice job. Setting the bar, setting wow. the bar high. Woo, Jesus. Oh, boy, what a day. I got faith in you. <laughs> but where's the banker? I want to talk to the banker. <laughs> no deal, Howie. No deal. No deal. Right. Oh, boy. So, well, let's see. Yeah, that's a good one. But Dark Side of the Rig's a good show. I, I got into it a couple of years ago, so um, definitely like it. So, Mr. President, looking up in the space there, uh, it looks like you are on the 30. Oh, oh that's a gross. Jimmy Valiant pose oh, there, Phil. Yeah. There you go. Little, yeah, little Jimmy was talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> he luscious, sneaked in. Luscious Johnny, yeah. Luscious Absolutely. Johnny. You know, <laughs> Mixed feelings about Dark Side of the Ring. You know, it does draw a lot of people in, a lot of viewers into the business. It also provides, I think, acting opportunities to a lot of the guys in the business, maybe. And uh, it might be a nice springboard for some people. Some of our current competitors who maybe aren't in the limelight. I, so I think it's great from that end, too. It definitely is exploitive at times, for sure. And, uh, well, I guess pro wrestling is, in essence, it is exploitation anyway, really, when you, when you think about it, ultimately. But yeah, well, you know, regarding other um, ideas for future shows, we could look back at the old timers who, you know, we don't have a lot of them left, you know, and, and to bring a little bit of attention to them and maybe, you know, focus on some of the physical prices that some of these guys paid back in the day. You know, I know the style, again, wasn't like it is today, but they did compete in some very hard rings for sure. And, you know. This is when they were just starting to perfect the art. So, I mean, a lot of experimentation, certainly um, a lot of very legitimate injuries. And, you know, and these guys worked like crazy. They worked around the clock many days. So I think if we could kind of focus on them and maybe uh, and there are some stories out of the business. And I know there are people who maybe just mismanaged their their assets and maybe have found hard times. But, you know. Wouldn't be bad to showcase some of them as well and kind of get them out there, you know, get away from some of the, the salacious stuff, some of the drug right. stuff, and, you know, focus on maybe some more Your human stories. Up, Phil. Nice job. Nice job. Wow. Look at these scores. Wow. It's like Miami Dolphins scores. Jeez. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. 75. 75. Unbelievable. Look at that. These are some high scores. I actually think my score is the number of starting quarterbacks the Cleveland Browns have had since 2000. I don't know. Oh, the poor Browns. I was rooting for Flacco big time, man. Rooting oh, yeah. for the Browns. God. Oh. 
What a story, huh? Listen, yeah. Benny looks like he's hard at thought, and I think he's going to have a great round this round. So let's go, Benny. You are on the 30. Well, I'm kind of nervous here because I just got a text from Mercedes Monet, and she's on her way to kick my ass. So. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, I've been working at them, and, you know, good play of shape here. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe I'll keep my camera on. We'll have some bonus footage for next week. But, you know, honestly, I haven't watched that much of that, sh of that show, but I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I think, you know, given the fact that, you know, we're we're past the, the kayfabe era, we need to know more about these kind of things. And, we, I mean, we know, you know, who wrestled who and who won and who was the champion, but we need to know more information like this. And a couple of things came to mind as far as future episodes. And, you know, maybe not this particular person, but we had, we had Paige Von Hess Sutherland, daughter of Kurt Von Hess. Uh, on Dan and Benny of the Ring. Fantastic guest, great lady. But the thing that she told me that really stuck with me, and this is, I think, would be a great episode, and not just with them, like across the board, they moved 17 times in 10 years. So I would love to see something like that. I mean, yeah. just, you know, a documentary. Okay, you know, you're, you're uh, three months into school, so, you know, you're going to start your Christmas recess in St. Louis, but you're going to you're going to end up in Charlotte, North Carolina. And now, you, you know, I know you're in the sixth grade and you have a lot of great friends, but guess what? You're going to make them all over again. And it doesn't matter because six months from now, you'll be saying goodbye to them too. You know, something like that would be a great episode. I think um, another great guest we had was, was Bugsy McGraw. Yeah, that is time. And you can keep Bugsy up with your story. Uh, nice job, Benny. I Bugsy. want to hear the end of the story, Bugsy though. McGraw. Yeah. Yeah, no, Bugsy McGraw. Um, is he at a spike for that one? He started several riots. Yeah. And I, you know, maybe just that, like, you know, being behind the the door of the dressing room at one of the arenas where, you know, Bugsy's holding on for dear life. And on the other side, are like 10 or 15 fans trying to get in something like that. I mean, it was it was very real to those people. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff there. Forty nine points. Jeez. My goodness. Yeah, it's a, it's a close one. Joe, you, uh, you need at least 12 to stay in the game. 12. Okay. So 12 I know points. You, I know you always get your A game. So, Joe, you are on to 30. That's four field goals. All right. Dark side of the ring. I love I love the fact that Vice picked it up for a fifth season. That's awesome. I started watching it a couple of years ago. I binged it. I think it's great. They do a lot of investigative reporting, and they try to get the most details they can. They do the reenactments. It makes it for good television. Um, given the time slot they have, and a lot of people DVR that stuff now. I did make a list, however. That's the part of uh, the joy of being going last. You get to hear all everybody's input. Uh, some of the stuff that uh, that's out there is Gentleman Chris Adams. How about a story on Gentleman Chris Adams? Well, Adrian Street is another one uh, who recently passed away. Uh, people are looking for the Iron Sheik and Hackshot Jim Duggan when they got arrested for the cocaine. Let's talk about that one. Scott Hall could be a good reference. Uh, Vince McMahon, obviously a good one. But... Uh, Another one that comes to mind that I thought of right away was the AEW All Out 2022, uh, the press conference with CM Punk and Tony Khan. That's something they can investigate because he departed the company shortly thereafter and all that stuff. But let's really talk about what everybody is talking about on the Internet now, and that is the arrest of WWE superstar Liv Morgan in Florida for cannabis. Can you believe it? Who in their right mind gets arrested for cannabis, THC and all that stuff? Unbelievable. The thing is legal in mostly every state. And can you believe that Florida has not legalized uh, cannabis and marijuana now? That is insane. I know most of the big charges for Liv Morgan were dropped, but I'd like to see a little episode on that, see what happened, why she was doing that. But uh, that's my thoughts. That is time. Nice, nice job. Nice job, Joe. Well, yeah. Let's see how we ended up. Oh, oh. whoa. Damn. Damn. Damn is right. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Benny. We got to say Benny. goodbye to you today. You are, the Asiatic really, Spike, Benny. Really yeah, tight, tight game tonight. Uh, Benny, it's always a pleasure. You got any, got any final words before yeah. we send you out? Yeah, I was framed. I was screwed. <laughs> Should have pulled out one of those foreign objects, man. I'll be laughing. Yeah, that's what you Get him out of here. Get out of here. Right. Get He's gone. He's gone. All right, guys. Bye, Benny. Thank you. You are. You, you talk about dark side of the ring. I'm looking forward to Chris Jericho narrating the episode about himself. So listen, oh, yeah. guys, we're, we are a little tight on time now. So I'm going to reset uh -oh. all your scores to zero. And we're going to okay. just do one final round to determine who the champ is. 
Oh, oh triple threat. Oh, we got a triple threat. Oh, boy. So let me uh, just give me, a, give me a minute to reset zero the scores. Zero. Has yeah. no great point average. <laughs> All incompletes. That's what Don Morocco used to do. He used to pose like that. Yep. <laughs> Classic. I, I had that poster on my wall for years. Each bum. Love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, he was the, I went to my second uh, Boston Garden event, August of 81. He fought. I made a signed beach bomb. I could not. My ears are still ringing to this day with that. Was that the cage match against Backlund? No, that was December no. of 81. Okay. Yeah, my story with that. I'll tell you, my story on that is pretty cool. My yeah. My I wanted to go to that match. I ended up going to the Worcester show instead. Yeah, there was a snowstorm that day. They had a uh, December. If you remember, obviously you remember December always had that afternoon card. For yeah. some reason, they in December is the one o'clock show. So yeah, they had a great cage match. You got stuck in the ropes and back on one, and the crowds were on fire back then. Unbelievable! Oh, that, they would rival Philly crowds for Your sure. Your ears would ring. Your ears would ring when you left because everybody's screaming. I love back it. when it was real, man. There was so much mystique. There was oh, yeah. just so much emotion. It was just. It was exciting. You, know, you could feel it in the arena. Oh, it was electric, man. Yeah. So let's well, get, it was let's a get different, on to this final question, experience. guys. Because uh, we've got we've got the Monty and the Pharaoh show coming live right after us. So yeah, screw them. Let's let's go do the let's buy some overtime for them. <laughs> we'll go over like Tony Khan does on uh, TNT TBS. Oh no, no. <laughs> and then an override. So uh, Liz, we've talked about Ric Flair many times on this channel, and currently he's managing Darby Allen and Sting, and what looks like they'll be leading up to Sting's final match on uh, March first against the Young Bucks with uh, Darby Allen there. Fightful Select says that there are no plans for Ric Flair to be physically involved in anything leading up to the match, but the Nature Boy is pushing for more and more physical interaction. Do you think Flair will become physically involved in this angle? Do you think the Flair is overshadowing Sting's road to retirement? And will Ric Flair ever really retire? So we have. Oh, no. Joe, no, no. you are on the 30 and no. Ric Flair, I've said it before, I'll say it again. This man will die in the ring. That is what he wants. I guarantee you he will physically die in the ring. And that's where they'll memorialize him. And that's where they'll have, a, you know, the uh, whatever they call that. He's going to lie in state at what probably the Greensboro Coliseum because, you know, that's where, that's where he uh, performed a lot. Ric Flair uh, got a little physical last night on AEW Dynamite. He uh, chopped... Uh, Will Hobbs gave him a slap. Will Hobbs laughed at him, and then he uh, poked him in the eye. So that was kind yeah. of – of course, it took him about 20 minutes to get out of the ring. Um, <laughs> but he, he did get a workout last night because Sting, Darby Allen, they were all wrestling all over town. Ric Flair couldn't, couldn't catch up with them. But at the end, he was in the ring, and, of course, the Young Bucks come out. I'm going to tell you right now, Ric Flair's last tag team match, whether he wrestles or not, is with Sting, and they go against the Young Bucks. I think they're. I think AEW is dropping the ball big time because that 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 to me just says nothing. I think it should be people, Arn Anderson, people people like that who can still get physical and get in the ring and all that stuff. But Ric Flair, I've said it many times, the man is living on borrowed time. He should have died in a plane crash. All the heart issues he has, he drinks himself he, to this day. He says he loves drinking every day he has to drink, and that's fine. That's what he likes. But this man, I'm telling you right now, will and wants to die in the ring, and it's probably going to happen sooner or later. Nice job. Nice job, Joe. Well, that's a that's a fair number to put up to, to start the round off. We'll see how these guys fare. Let's see. Next we're going to have Mr. President himself is going to be up. Let's just get the clock set for him. And Bill, you are on the 30. I agree with Joe that Flair is really aiming perhaps to to pass in the ring and and uh, it would be fitting in a way, but it's certainly something we don't want to see. But I also think in this warped world we live in now, I can almost envision Flair's come down in a helicopter before, okay? You know, to the to the strains of uh, thus spoke there's whatever that song was Zarathustra, I believe that's the name of it. Um, I could see him coming to the ring from a helicopter. I can see him performing, 
and I can see him performing a helicopter in the ring. <laughs> and being uh, the swan song, so to speak. Stunning the audience, everyone jumping out of the ring and it going to black. And uh, thus ends the career of the nature boy. I can see that. And the t-shirts that would follow and, and the press that would follow. So... I don't know. He looks pretty good right now. He looks like he's slimming down a little bit. I think he's got the problem with me. He's got the alcohol. He's into the cannabis now and the energy drinks, too. So no wonder this guy was dehydrated last time he wrestled, okay? <laughs> so the nature boy needs to be hydrated, okay? First and foremost, he needs to stay sober. needs to keep his clothes on. Um, he's certainly going to draw a lot of eyeballs, and perhaps more so if he does what I described. So we're, we're praying for... Uh, Sobriety, no nudity, and 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 a longer life for Rick Flair. Nice job, Phil. And he squeezes it out because of the oh. helicopter reference. Okay. What's up with that? Uh, the oh, helicopter no, reference no, got no him way. a little bit of a no bonus way. point. Dick joke sell. <laughs> oh my God. So I hate to I hate to say it, Joe. You are out of here. Oh. This is wrong. This is wrong. Love you, Joe. I know, right? Hold on, hold on. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> All right. I got sky Ooh. blue here. I got sky blue here. I'm gonna do a helicopter. Wow. All right. It comes <laughs> it comes down to the champ here. So Dan, let's get your timer timer set up here. Give me a second here. What do you think, champ? You think you can pull this one out? We'll of see. Hopefully, uh, I, I'll it. pull it out in more than 30 seconds. I mean, oh my. that's what she said. Dan, you are on to 30 and go. All right. To answer your question, uh, first, I want to start with the obvious. The fact that you look at their roster and you look at Sting's career, who, what fan, even the AEW diehards asked for the Sting's final match to be a tag match with him and Darby Allen against the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks have been ratings and merch poison for months now, if not longer. That is not, you do not send Sting out with a shit tag match against a team no one cares about. As, excuse me, as for Ric Flair, no, he's not overshadowed Sting. Uh, his Wings commercial and his Flair energy drink, maybe. Uh, but no, he hasn't overshadowed him. He has gotten a little physical. Like you mentioned, the chop against Hobbs last night. A couple weeks ago, we had the exchange with uh, Christian. I did like that Ric Flair could still do the eye poke, the fun little scared eye poke. But then it took him a minute and a half to roll out of the ring, which was really sad to watch. But I agree. Ric Flair is going to die in the ring. He's going to end up dying somewhere involved in wrestling. And that's a damn shame because he is dragging this down. Ric Flair is a sad, pathetic old man. Is he going to go out there and, and wave little woo around? No, I, I don't think. I, I think the president's wrong on that prediction. Uh, maybe he'll wave it at another flight attendant. We can have Dark Side of the Ring uh, Part 2 on that one. But to answer your question, to really to sum it up, no, this is awful. It's bad. It's terrible stuff. Flair being involved has only made it worse. Sting is being shit on on his way out the door, and that's a fucking travesty. And I blame Ric Flair partially for that. Nice job. Nice job, Dan. Let's see, let's see we how we ended up. Uh-oh. Oh, we've, we've got a tie. We've got a tie. I oh, guess we've oh. got co-champions this week. Congratulations, guys. How does that guys. happen? How does that happen? <laughs> uh, still, nice. still counts as a successful defense. <laughs> We're going to get Sky Blue nice on the show job. next week. Sky Blue's coming on next Acknowledge week. Acknowledge me. Still counts. <laughs> well, listen, uh, until next week, this is on behalf of everybody at the 30. We will see you later. Later, guys. What a day. What a day. What a day, Joe.